Welcome to iRock City. This is The Rocket. We'll be talking about Pearl Jam. Joining me, as always, is my legendary co-host, K9. What's going on, buddy? Hey, thank you, Ahmed, for the introduction. I'm doing fine. How about you, man? Like, enjoying this time off? You? Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying um, the holidays. This whole week is off, which uh, hasn't Mm -hmm. happened for a long time, but just because of coincidence of uh, Christmas being on the uh, weekend. So we got Monday and Tuesday off for Christmas and Boxing Day, and then... These three days are off anyway for my company, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> Can't complain. I've just been catching up on uh, TV shows, music, vid- you know, video games, and uh, movies. You know. Yeah, same here. I've been doing the same. Uh, just uh, got into 40k Hammer, uh, Warhammer. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, not yeah. bad. It's, it's pretty. It's I got it very cheap. Um, if you enjoy those types of video games, go right ahead. Um, like you, I've been also catching up on TV shows and things of that nature. Just, you know, relaxing, general relaxing, relaxing feelings. Yeah. Which is, I think deserved after a tough year, another tough year, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, as we progress into our careers and going forward, it does get, it, it is kind of tough, man. It is very tough. Yeah, you get you get busier as you go along, as I say. Mm-hmm. But uh, cool. So uh, I guess before we jump into the Pearl Jam's, um, you know, post two thousand career, uh, what have you been listening to in the last few weeks? So actually, this list is kind of old, and um, because we were planning on doing this episode earlier, but because of both of our schedules, we just yes. didn't get a chance to around yeah. get around to it. So I start off first with Kanye West's Donda. Okay. And okay. Um, it's, it's, a, it's sonically a great album, but I think it's just lacking direction, right? Like it's just, um, there's so many great sounds, so much great stuff. Um, I think he could have spent more time working on this album and finishing this album. Mm. So yeah, I yeah. think there's something missing in that sense. Um, did you get a chance to listen to it? No, I, I haven't heard much rap this year, um, okay. but uh, I'll let you finish. So you basically like production and just tightness of finishing stuff off, you would say. Yeah. Missing from that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the complete opposite of what I heard from Iron Maiden's uh, Senjutsu. Um, uh, oh, wow, this... heard... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 So um, this album clearly has a vision and Bruce still sounds amazing. So, uh, if yeah. you, if, if, uh, yeah, uh, and I just wanted to add, if our audience members have heard Seventh Son of the Seventh Son podcast and they enjoyed it, I highly recommend listening to Sinjitsu. Iron Maiden, man, this, this they just keep, just keep making a great album after album after album. Yeah, the train keeps going, as I say. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I also enjoyed that album. Um, anything else from aside from Maiden and uh, Kanye West? Which is Any like other... polar opposites right there. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I did listen to Drake's Certified Lover Boy. Uh, it's a nice album. Tons of hits. So I expect to see a lot more of those on radio. Like you'll we'll hear more of this guy, you know, in the coming coming months. And um, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I, I said I didn't listen to rap. I actually did listen to the album and a couple others. So I also yeah. had the same feelings. I enjoyed it quite a lot, man. It was like. 
Yeah. It was just Drake at his best sort of thing. I've kind of grown um, fond of Drake uh, mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago when I actually was in Toronto and listened to Drake in his, in his sort of town where he's from. Something just clicked, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, non nonstop Scorpion. I think Scorpion was the name of the album that really clicked. And then I went back and heard his stuff. So I can definitely see that uh, this album was pretty good, you know, and I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah. And I also got to listen to War on Drugs, um, which uh, and I will be seeing them in concert as well. So I'm very excited about that as well. Yeah, is that a that's the band War on Drugs? Yes, War on Drugs is the band. Um, if you listen to them, I think uh, most people say they're more reminiscent of uh, um, Neil Young. Oh, wow. Neil Young's one of my favorites, so I'll definitely try that. War yes. on Drugs, cool. Are they from uh, Canada? US, UK? I believe they're from the United States. All right. Cool, cool. That's yeah. uh, that's one to check, one to check out. Um, uh, as for me, I've been listening to... I guess a lot of Kills, Dead Weather, Jack White, mm-hmm. um, Rock and Tours, uh, <laughs> White Stripes. Um, mm-hmm. And strangely, it's all because of uh, the Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace, cook, uh, travel and cooking show. Parts Unknown because they made ex- appearances on that. Uh, Screaming yes. Trees as well. Um, and their lead singer, um, I forgot his name. Is it Mark Lanahan or Linnigan? Yeah, Linnigan. Uh, Linnigan, I believe. Yeah, so he actually um, did the theme song for Parts Unknown with um, the Queens of Stone Age uh, lead singer. Uh, Josh so, Holmes? Yeah, with Josh Holmes. So they did actually, they do the theme song. So so oh, nice. he also makes appearances on that show. So I was like, through this show, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of music in that show, which I was yeah. really surprised. I didn't know that when I first started yeah. watching, but Iggy Pop makes an appearance, you know, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of music in that show. So yeah, I was I was really impressed with the kills. Um, I like the way she sings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that led me down that path, you know, Dead Weather and then Jack White yeah. and, and stuff. Jack White solo albums, you know, yeah, which are pretty good, I think. They are. They are. Um, yeah. I will. You know, the thing, uh, and I'll say this about all those bands that you mentioned right there, um, and it comes like Anthony Bourdain when he was still around. Um, he was a huge music guy. Like he was really into punk rock. Yeah, um, yeah, when he started his, uh, you know, his career in cooking, and yeah. it kind of like, uh, you know, the music plus the cooking, it kind of melded together, and yeah, um, yeah. you know, I want to say that he was like, he was the OG hipster, right? Uh, prior to yeah that term even coming about, right? Um, right. and and I I think it's uh it's. It's really cool, like the, how we can meld those sounds, and um, you know, it, again, I find it so. Like I remember watching one of his shows where he went down to Kerala, uh, in India, which is like southern part of India, and you mm. know he was trying different cuisine and culinary arts in that part, and there's the same guy that would you know on his pod on his the uh, on his uh, phone he'd probably listen to the kills at that time, so that's such a cool thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and just having them having them on the show too, you know, um, mm-hmm. those because he goes with the kills lead singer in her car and everything, and then her her brother is a chef, so it all kind of melds together. I guess he was just a guy; who, it was just life, right? Like he was just living life, and he just did what he wanted with his show. I saw every single episode, actually, all twelve seasons. So I'm a huge fan. Um, oh, I just beautiful. read, his, yeah, I read his book as well, Kitchen Confidential. I just finished it. Mm-hmm. 
um, another great book. But uh, yeah, definitely rest in peace. But uh, yeah, the, those bands are pretty cool. Um, okay, so let's let's oh, jump uh, into I Pearl. I wanted to add one more. I wanted to add uh, two or three things before we do continue on. Oh yeah, of um, course. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. So um, as we mentioned before, like in in our old podcast, that De La Soul uh, uh, will have their entire back catalog. They said should be streaming at the end of 2021, and it said the deal is worked out. We're just at the end of 2021. I haven't heard anything new, but I think we should be like within a few months, if not sooner, uh, we should be able to listen to De La Soul's back catalog. So that should be fun on streaming services. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing I wanted to add, um, because again, we we'll try to mention news that that's kind of like more relevant to our tastes. Um, Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 is now cancer-free. So, you know, he did announce he had stage four lymphonia in June, and now he's cancer-free. So congrats to him, man. And hopefully we'll get new albums from Blink-182. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, um, I, yeah I had one of those albums, but uh, I was a fan of a few of their songs, so that, that's good mm-hmm. news. Yeah. That's awesome. I, that's awesome. And I wanted to mention one last thing. And this is a shout-out to our uh, one of our uh, – one of our uh, – uh, what's it called? Um, consistent listeners, uh, deep cut. So just to let you know that I did listen to Rosie off of um, Richie uh, Sambora. Richie Sambora, yeah, Richie Sambora's uh, album, his first nineteen ninety first solo album. Stranger and in this town. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. So this is you know, like in true deep cut fashion, this is a deep cut song. <laughs> um, it's not because if you go on <laughs> iTunes. You'll see stars by certain songs that were either most listened to or picked by, you know, whoever. This one was not one of those songs. And so, yeah, again, it's deep cut, deep cut. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, we have, and I will say this, you know, uh, Richie Sambora needs Bon Jovi and Bon Jovi doesn't need Richie Sambora. And, and I'm not saying that Richie isn't a good guitarist. It's just that Bon Jovi is such a good singer and writer that... Had Bon Jovi sang this song, I think it would have been a lot better. But that's just my opinion, you know. Um, we're entitled, yeah, no. you know. Yeah. So fair, fair you know. Yeah, fair, fair play on this one. He did do, a, a, you know, it was a good album. Um, I think it was a good. I think it was a good song, but you know, it needed that oomph that only Bon Jovi has. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. So yeah, that was deep, man. I didn't expect yeah, that. Yeah, that was that was very deep. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, Courtesy of Deep Cut, you know, it's um, no stars, nothing, and it's just like one song. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Moving on on to Pearl Jam, yes. Um, So the first first, uh, album of this era, 2000s era, was actually in 2000, called uh, Binaural. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, what are your thoughts about Binaural? Um, Please go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, so I, me personally, have a huge attachment to this album. So this is one of like the 10 albums that I had in my car. And um, in true, in true rocket fashion, I did listen from it from beginning to end Uh, when it was released. And I listened to it like every day. Uh, So it's, and it's definitely a, it's more of a, it's a heavier album than yield. And um, I think as a writer, Eddie Vedder has been, it was a little more introspective. And, and it sounds very dark as well. I don't know if you felt the same way. And, yep. and it, it was more meditative. 
um, you know, like much like Axel's lyrics in uh, Illusions One and Two. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good comparison, actually. Um, I would agree with that. Uh, this is where I discovered Pearl Jam, so in two thousand. Um, mm-hmm. So I I was listening to all the albums from the beginning, and then suddenly this came out. So that was good timing in that sense of listening to them make an album and listening to when it actually came out, you know, right. rather than ca- catching up for the last 10 years. Uh, I, I had the same feelings, like Light Years really hit me. Um, it's a kind of great song, but also sad. There was a lot of sadness in here. Like Nothing As It Seems was another song that was kind of melancholy in that sense. Um, I also like Break or Fall, Evacuation, and yes. Soon Forget, Soon Forget. But pretty much the same thoughts. I would just add also, like, there was a bit of sadness in the album. yeah. I don't know what the reason for that was, but maybe personal I, things that yeah. they were going through. But yeah, I don't know if this is before or after the rock slide incident, where you know a bunch of fans had were killed in during the Pearl Jam set, and I believe it was Denmark. I'm not sure, but I yeah. believe it was then. I'm not sure if that was the the same time, but maybe not. It might have been. Might have been, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I, again, I'm not sure, but. Um, I, and I, I would say like like especially like songs like nothing as it seems um, it was it was definitely like as you mentioned before much darker and compared to what was going on in the radio at the time this is like the height of new metal right yeah, it and, was. Um, comparatively yeah. their subject matter I felt was uh, you know there was equally dark like new metal was equally dark like anything that you can listen to from um, um, I forget the name of the band um, they were very popular but um, Limp Bizkit Lincoln Park Lincoln Park yeah it was yeah. Uh, but uh, much slower than Lincoln Park right like Lincoln Park was heavier um, yeah uh, it wasn't faster but it was definitely heavier so this was a lot not as heavy as that. And the subject matter was, I would say, more dark only because as a writer, he was older than the guys from the band. So, you know, there's more depth to what he can write about. Yeah, I think you by that stage, you've been through quite a lot. Um, I'm guessing they're around 40 at this stage. I don't, I'm not sure. That yeah. Age, but they've been around 30, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in their thirties, yeah. But they've yeah. been around. They weren't They weren't kids. So I guess that reflects. Um, yeah. Cool. They were ten so, years into the game by then. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly, yeah. yeah. I remember I had bought this spin magazine because on the cover it said ten years of Pearl Jam. And um I, yeah. I remember, distinctively remember getting that magazine, looking through it, reading about it. Um and it talks about their history from you know starting the band all the way up to two thousand one, which is like a year after this particular album. And, um, you know, their trials yep. and tribulations, uh, the drummer thing, uh, that kind of stuff. And it, it was pretty interesting. Um, I was uh, I was actually, uh, I, I enjoyed reading that article. Oh, yeah. We should probably mention that this is where Matt Cameron, who was the drummer from Soundgarden, joined Pearl Jam. Um, and he's been with the Pearl Jam ever since. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's all I had for... Binaural. Any other thoughts before we move on to Riot Act? No, I'm I'm just a huge fan of uh, Matt Cameron from Soundgarden. I've yeah, always absolutely. liked his drumming style. I've always been a yeah. fan of his, so I'm happy that you know he got a chance to continue on with Pearl Jam, and they clicked. They clicked with he clicked with the band, and Big time, that's yeah. a good thing. 
is definitely a good thing. And next up was Riot Act 2002. Um, this was a kind of like a polarizing album, I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of different opinions. Um, let's get into it. Uh, I guess from my point of view, I, I enjoyed it. Um, this is when they added Boom Gasper to quite a few songs, the keyboardist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who, ha- who polarizes fans um, to the point mm. that when he came on in the live concert I attended, he was getting booed. So yeah. I'm not sure why. So... <laughs> But I enjoyed the uh, Love Boat Captain, I Am Mine, Coming My Way, um, and Save You. A very philosophical, experimental album. Um, thoughts? Right. So I'm going to add something regarding the keyboard player. And um, this is so strange because back in the day, like way back in the day, um, Van Halen had a keyboard player. And they would hide them behind curtains or something like that because fans were so against ke- keyboard players. I I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. I mean, it's just music, right? It's adding a component to it. But I guess the fans thought maybe, oh, they're trying to be no, trying to be a little more disco or new wave or whatever have you. So I guess rock purists weren't happy about that aspect. That's my only guess. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think also just um, having an outsider who isn't part of the band, which doesn't make any sense, you know. I just saw Beatles get back and they used Billy Preston, who was, um, who's also in the hall of fame, but a lot of people don't know about him. A- amazing keyboardist who used to mm. put in the Ray Charles band, um, ended up on most, a lot of the songs on, uh, uh, let it be, uh, did a lot of songs with Rolling Stones and so many artists and, you know, hall of fame finally gave him like an award later on. So I think it's good to use outside musicians if it makes a song better. Uh, yes. This guy got a hard time though. Like uh, I actually yeah. saw saw him get booed live, uh, yeah. which I didn't didn't make any sense. But yeah, well, uh, aside from that, like, what did you think of the album itself? Like the uh, themes, the and just how right. how it sounded sounded to you. So me personally, I felt that this album was more musically focused than the previous album. Um, it really sounds like Pro Jam is f- having fun making music. Um, mm. Yeah. I came out liking this album a lot. And I initially, I thought, honestly speaking, uh, I thought I would come out liking this album the least. But actually, it was better than Binaural. And like, if I was to look at just the sound and, uh, you know, just as, as an album itself. Um, and it also felt like Matt Cameron was really adjusting to this band and, and this album. So like mm. he found his comfort spot in this. Yeah, I would agree with that, um, definitely. Uh, so my standout songs like Save You, I just felt like it was a return to classic PJ. Yep. Um, I in mind, uh, again, something that sounds like a 90s album. Um, you Are, the, that, and this this is a unique sound. doesn't sound like anything from a PJ catalog, so that's nice. That's something that, you know, is a little different. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, I Am Mine video, which was surprising. I remember Eddie Vedder with short hair. I was like, hey, he's got short hair. Hey, Pearl Jam's got a video. <laughs> uh, right. What is this album? <laughs> then I went and got the album. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just yeah. remember that. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Let's let's talk about that for a few seconds because remember, this is Pearl Jam that was doing a lot of um, music without any music videos. Right. They right. had exactly. shunned themselves. I think prior to that, they made a few music videos, but it was like animation. 
and stuff like that. But they had shunned themselves completely from, and this is after they won like an MTV music award for Jeremy. Yeah. That's what I was also surprised because like, like you said, I wasn't used to seeing any videos, you know, uh, really from after the first album or if they were, it was all like, you know, animation or whatever. So that was a definitely a surprise, but uh, I guess it led me to get the album. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, and let me, uh, what did you, did you enjoy the, when you were initially listening to it back in the O's, did you like yeah. it more I did. or I did. less? Okay. So it was on constant um, rotation. Yeah, I actually actually bought, uh, went and bought the CD and everything, and uh, mm. I I enjoyed. I used to listen to Love Boat Captain and I Am Mine all the time, like over and over again. Save You, mm. of course, you know, was was another great song. So I th- I thought it was a solid album, um, a little different from like the other Pearl Jam albums, mm-hmm. but re-listening to it again, it still holds up for me. Right even now, yeah, yeah. and uh, I would agree with you so, as well. I think. Uh, I had skipped out on this album and I heard it a little bit later. And now that I do the comparison against binaural, because it just came immediately after binaural, I felt like this was a more, uh, more solid grounding. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely makes sense. And especially like what you said with Matt Cameron, just really gelling with the band. Uh, You can hear it, you know, in the, in the album, like you said before. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, um, I guess next up was uh, Pearl Jam, self-titled album in 2006. Yes. Um, this is my favorite album of the post-2000s era. But uh, before that, let's get your thoughts on what did you think of this this album? So uh, this is the probably the album I listen to most in the O's from Pearl Jam. Wow. Uh, now, the reason I like this album so much then was because I was listening to a lot of heavy music like Probot, The Sword, Mastodon at the drive-in. And it seemed like Pro Jam had lost some focus prior, and I wasn't listening to him as much. But this, I just felt was important to me as ever, as as 10. You know, like the album can easily be a companion piece to Vitology. So, yeah. And this is the angriest I've ever heard PJ in a wrong time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like songs like Worldwide Suicide. If you like oh, yeah. DJ Evolution from Yield, you'll love this song. Yeah, you know? political, you know, a yeah. little bit too. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, life wasted, you know. Yeah, comatose, oh, yeah. Mark in the sand, parachutes, unemployable. You know, big wave comeback. Um, really solid. This is one of those where you do have to listen to the whole album to enjoy it, uh, mm-hmm. because it's such a solid album. Like it's made yeah. to be an album, not not a single thing. I don't. I don't even know if they release singles. I didn't. I don't remember anything. From this album being a single, but I'm yeah. sure there was. But yeah. I just enjoy the album itself. Yeah, uh, and I want to add to that is that during this time they were also re-releasing a lot of their live albums. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you you know bootleg copies, which is, again is kind of a, <laughs> it's uh, I don't want to say that it's weird or anything like that, but um, there used to be a culture of bootleg recordings of live concerts and mainly like bands like Metallica and Guns N' Roses during that era. Yeah. And also like a lot of various punk bands and people would do tape trading, you know, like old, like these fans, like, Oh, I got this live Metallica concert in say, I don't know, Seattle. 
and then they did a co- weird cover or some different cover, and then it was like that yep. kind of. There was like a culture of that. So uh, to continue on with that culture, Pearl Jam just can't made bootleg copies of their albums. So instead of going for these bargain, you know, trying to find these, Pearl Jam just releases them for you. So that's nice of them. Yeah, I remember I had one called Live on Two Legs. I believe it was called. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh... So, wow. So, okay. So both of us, I guess, really love this album. Yeah. And I'll I'll add a couple more things, you know, like, um, yeah, like Parachute sounds like the best non-Beatles Beatles Beatles song I've ever heard. Um, (laughs) You know? It's Uh, a nice song. Yeah. 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 uh, You know, um, I'll say like, um, um, Backspace, uh, I'm sorry, not Backspace. Um, Comeback, is it a romantic ballad? But it's just, you know, you know, it's it is actually a romantic ballad, so you know it's got a political songs and now a ballad. So you know, Pearl Jam covered all the bases on this album. So it's like a U two kind of deal. Yeah, very diverse. Yeah, you're right. Covering all the bases is probably a good way to yeah. explain it. Uh, all right, cool. So next up was Backspacer, which was in 2009. Which uh, again, there was another video, <laughs> which oh, was surprising. Interesting. For- for the fixer but um this was a short album i think it's their shortest album yeah and but i really enjoyed it um my only gripe would be that it was too short not enough songs right but for me the fixer um just breathe is just amazing i love just breathe and amongst mm-hmm. the waves um yeah what about you thoughts on back backspacer yeah so um i actually wanted to ask you a question where did you yeah. see these? Were these music videos on YouTube, or were were you still watching MTV slash VH1? Uh, yeah, it was either MTV and VH1, one of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it you was were, on TV. Uh, okay, okay. Because I wanted to ask you then, because I had, I didn't have cable at the time, and uh, my question is this: like, what was MTV like in that decade in the O's? Because we tend to think that it was just a bunch of reality shows. Uh, and VH1. So if you can give us like a historical perspective, I mean, actually your own perspective on this. And where did you see these videos? Was there like a special countdown show, something like that? Um, honestly, I don't remember. Uh, mm. All I remember was on one of the music channels, which I just used to have on in the back sort of thing. Um, I don't remember those channels being that great, like MTV, VH1, whatever. But uh, occasionally they would play something which was something I listened to, which I enjoyed watching. So I kind of had it in the background, like not paying that much attention to it. But I just ended up seeing the <laughs> seeing this, right. the video come out, you know. So it wasn't, uh, I would say it wasn't as good as watching MTV in the 90s. You know, that used to be a thing, right? right. Like yeah. you would wait for the video, maybe even record it. Uh, by that time, I was older as well. You know, I think that plays into it, too. Um, right. where I preferred more listening audio rather than visual. But it just happened to be there. You know, it just happened to come on. Well, I had the channel on, really. So, unfortunately, I don't <laughs> I don't have a great commentary on the the state of music videos at the time. But I enjoyed this video. It was just kind right. of them singing, you know, nothing, nothing fancy, which I liked. It was kind of down to earth. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, it's so it's so interesting to me that at that time there was still that medium that people would kind of go in and out of, which is yeah. you know MTV and VH1 because by then it was 
it's gone. It's it's heyday is much. It's gone, right? Like it's not as. Yeah. It's not yeah, the absolutely. medium that a band or a musical artist can use to communicate with their fans anymore. I think social yeah. media was coming up. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it's. Um, it was kind of dying out, and like you said, it was very much in and out. You know. Hmm. Um, it wasn't like the main medium for music, but it was still there. It was still around. Right. So uh, I especially kind of liked the VH1 um, behind the music series. Yes. And that that was probably one of the main reasons I had those channels on. So uh, I really used to like those. Yeah. 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 They were, they were pretty good. They were pretty interesting stuff going on over there. Um, yeah. As I said, mentioned before, I know that like uh, it was starting to become more, um, reality-based TV shows. Uh, I remember at the time we had MTV2. Um, and this is right, like, 99, 2000. This is, like, where a lot of really good music was happening. A lot of, uh, I think it's the first time I had seen Apex Twins. Um, Daft Punk was playing there. A little more electronica, a lot more punk, a lot more um, mm. a lot more indie rock. And that was yeah. that was pretty interesting. I think... Um, because MTV One was just primarily focusing on reality-based TV shows, and VH One the same thing. I met now. I occasionally I'll see them on uh, other friends' houses and stuff like that. I think they just do movies now. They play movies and TV shows on them now. Wow. Yeah, I do remember the reality shows really uh, annoying me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a different kind of medium. It's a different kind of thing. Um, yeah. Maybe because. Um, I didn't find the entertainment in it as much. I didn't see it to be like a funny thing. I just found it to be more of an annoyance like you. Yeah. And, and if, if our audience is great fans of, you know, um, reality based TV shows, good on you, mate. But, um, unfortunately you're not going to for us. Yeah. Not for us. (laughs) Um, all right. I guess, uh, the backspacer, which, which songs or, um, how did you feel about the album itself, the, the songs yeah. and stuff? So I I enjoyed "Gonna See My Friend," um, and I oh wanted, yeah yeah like, yeah. I think PJ Pearl Jam always does this thing where they start with barn burners, like really heavy, get you right Fast. in the door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it reminded me a lot of those early '90s Seattle songs, like Nirvana Sil- "Silver" or any song from Mud Honey. Mud Honey. It's not a diss yeah, on yeah. Mud Honey. Uh, you know, yeah. it's like categorizing a particular, a distinct sound. Um, and like you had mentioned, Just Breathe. Um, this was also their first number one Pearl Jam had since 1998, nearly 10 years later. So, oh, wow. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So this proves that Pearl Jam has the ability to make songs that have incredible market appeal, but they choose a path that is less traveled. Yeah, that's true. Because the lack of videos and marketing and whatever. Yeah. But- yeah. So I did enjoy like Supersonic. I found the song very catchy, and after two slower songs, this is a nice pick me up. Um, yeah, that was a great song too. Yeah, Supersonic. Uh, there's uh, let me see. I think that's. Um, I think I got. I liked a lot of songs on this particular album. Yeah, it was a solid album. It was a solid yeah. album. Uh, you know, the Fixer, Amongst the Waves, or a couple of other ones. Uh, but yeah, overall, a short album. But a very solid yep. album. I wanted to add, like I did, and this is one of my on one of my notes is like uh, "Force of Nature." So when I was listening to the song, I thought it was like a ballad about a woman. So I was, and then I looked over the lyrics, 
and it wasn't about a woman. It was like more in awe of the universe and our place in it. So he's <laughs> yeah, he's going deep. He's he's going like as we progress, like especially the latter albums, and as we're going to discuss further on, he's yeah. going deeper into how he perceives him and himself in this world. Yeah, which kind of started on No Code and Yield, and yeah. really. Uh, I guess blossomed here in this era. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So, next up was Lightning Bolt, which was a few years later, 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughts? So, for me, it sounds like a return to an older sound like Vitality. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like an urgency in Vitality, and there's an urgency in Lightning Bolt. So, yeah. Mind Your Manners sounds like a Minutemen song. This is an old punk band that was very influential. Like, um, yeah, I know. I would say, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and it's a funny thing that we like to add over here is that maybe 10 people picked up that album, but all 10 of them started a band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and uh, in the latter part, one of the members had passed away. And I think in the O's, Eddie Vedder even went on tour with them. Uh, oh, as a wow. I, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I didn't know and that. It was, yeah, and um, oh, man, I, I, I can't remember this properly, but I was reading the article. Uh, some of the fans started throwing quarters and dimes at Eddie Vedder because, they, you know, they, they're they they're very protective of Minutemen, and they think that, you know, oh, here's, an, here's a rock star from Pearl Jam who does worldwide tours and all this kind of stuff, and he's coming here. Yeah. But, you know, you know I mean, this is... Eddie Vedder, man, this, there's nobody that wears his, you know, his ethos on his sleeve better than this guy. This guy's like, um, and I, and almost to the point where he can seem insufferable. Right. And, um, and I get it, yeah. but he's not that guy. He's not this over the top rock star who is like, you know, he's not an Axl Rose. No, I, I for me, it just looks like a really grounded, very um, much so humble guy that you can just, you know, talk about anything with. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exactly. I absolutely agree with you on that. That this is a person that you can really talk to some things about. And 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 coming back to talking to subject matters, uh, you know, and this is where the music kind of turns its head like, you know, as I mentioned like bands like um Minutemen. Uh, a majority of punk music is about youth and young manhood. But these Pearl Jam songs are about coming to middle age yeah so that's a twist right yeah that's a that's a rare thing um that's a rare thing i think jay-z tried it in uh 444 is that the right yeah but, yeah but uh it's uh it's a rare thing because you know like you said music especially this type of music is always kind of seen for the young people and blah 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 <laughs> so that was refreshing um yeah, I mean, yeah. for myself, I I also really like this album. Uh, I thought "Mind Your Manners" was like you said in the previous album, that really fast song that gets you hooked in mm-hmm. uh, into the album. Uh, Sirens, Lightning Bolt, uh, Future Days, Infallible, and my favorite, "Sleeping by Myself," which was uh, oh nice. That's a deep cut. Kind of, yeah, kind of like "Just Breathe" part two, like that kind of feel right. where it's just you know very acoustic and or whatever. Um, but yeah, I love that song, Sleeping By Myself. So I really enjoyed this album, and I was happy to see them just make a great rock album again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, and and I'm going to add to this is that I do enjoy the fact that they were, as a band, they were getting to be more reflective. The lyrics were more reflective and meditation on life and the world around us. Uh, yeah. Some, like Sirens, like it sounds like a love ballad, right? But then when you look at the lyrics, it's really about no. growing older and meditating right. on life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that so, was yeah, refreshing. I would, yeah, it was refreshing. I think, uh, uh, and I would add that th- this, th- this and the next album, what we're going to discuss, we're going to discuss is that they were kind of going in a direction of um, meditating on life. Like, Hey, we're getting older and our world is rapidly changing. And maybe we just need to stop for a second and kind of like really reflect on this. So again, both albums are great. And as we get more into it, we're going to discuss it more. Um, I'm gonna uh, and I'm gonna ask you something, and and I've asked you this before. Um, yeah. You you had heard much of the uh, '90s release from um, Rolling Stones and um, Bob Dylan, and actually the the latter ones. Did you feel that those lyrics were reflective of them getting older, or no? Um, I haven't heard a lot of Dylan actually. Um, okay, I had the greatest hits, but uh, Rolling Stones '90s stuff was terrible. So no. <laughs> mm. Interesting. <laughs> um, I actually enjoyed. Yeah, their 2005 album, Big Bang or Bigger Bang, was a lot better than their '90s uh, stuff. So no, they were just they were actually were doing the opposite of that Rolling Stones, which didn't help. Um, yeah, the '90s stuff was terrible. So a lot of bands weren't really doing that. Um, Someone that I found is doing that a lot is uh, Neil Young. Um, mm-hmm. Even recently, I like he wrote he wrote a song about I think technology and phones and stuff or right. something like that. And I was like, all right, this is like what a seventy plus year old guy feels about the world. I right. thought that was really interesting. But he's always done that, right? Like he as he's yeah. aged, he's uh, written about stuff that's going on. But mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of bands do really. Um, yeah, they kind of either stick to their formula or they try to act like they're young when they actually aren't. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I, and I want to add like uh, rest in peace. Tom Petty was doing the same kind of stuff, like you know, reflecting on getting older and oh the yeah, world and life around him. Yeah, the last DJ. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's so interesting that you know, and I'm. And this is one of the cool things about talking to you is like we get that perspective in here about um, those albums because I think a lot of times we would not listen. Many people have not heard of those albums, and yeah, bringing and I get to see that side of it, you know, from your perspective. Like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. And I think it's a serious subject matter, and um, you need to be, you know. Not to say that these people are not connected to it. They don't feel this stuff, but there is uh, an element of like, you know, um, uh, connecting to these uh, kind of, um, uh, I guess, topics. No, yeah, definitely. I think part of it is also that um, once an artist comes out of the commercial space and, you know, is not going to sell billions of records anymore, sometimes that gives them the green light 
to kind of um, explore those themes that they maybe wouldn't have when they were younger because they were trying to sell. So there's a lot of that mm-hmm. too, right? Um, yes. Oh, Bruce Springsteen is another guy who kind of reflects oh, back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the best actually at doing that. Um, so you know they they get to explore those themes because they have the freedom to do so. That could mm. be part of it as well. As well, yeah. Um, I think yeah, and I think again when you start your career as someone that just writes lyrics or makes music, that's more reflective rather than appealing to a to a commercial to a commercial base or some, uh, or, or something like that, you tend to have that longevity in your career where you can continue doing this. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, and you have to have a knack for it. You got to be good at it. Right. Like you get, uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, not again, not to, you know, I don't think kiss could make an album like that. You know, I just, I don't think they're, no, no. They they have the ability to make that to be self reflective like that because you have to be honest with yourself. And the second yeah. thing is, I don't think Kiss fans would actually enjoy that album. They'd be like, "Oh, this is horrible." But yeah. Then again, yeah. yeah. But then again, that's like a long list of horrible albums that Kiss has done. So you know, what's one more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you're never gonna get a disagreement for that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> moving on, <laughs> uh, moving on to Giga Ten two thousand twenty, fairly recent album. Uh, yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts about this one? I'll, I'll let you go first. <laughs> it was, yeah, latest album. Um, I loved this album. Um, it's very easy to listen to, and it's earnest and important as well. Um, you know, like songs like uh, Super Blood Wolfman. If you heard this on the radio without knowing this song, you would immediately think, oh, this is Pearl Jam, which doesn't mean it's bad. It's familiar enough to be a Pearl Jam sound, but different enough to know that it's a new song. Yep. Um, Dance of Clair- Clairvoyant, uh, obviously the best track. It's got like that oh, wall my. of sound kind of thing going on. Great yeah, stuff. Love great it. stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, 7 O'Clock is the best Bruce Springsteen song not written or performed by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough fair enough and river uh, cross another song with the you know with middle age and mortality yeah. perfect closer perfect closer for an album yeah i mean i had uh i had some of the same ones so whoever said dance of the clairvoyance i thought was just amazing quick escape mm-hmm. all all right um comes comes then goes which is like a slow acoustic sort of number uh reminiscent of like you know sleeping by myself etc retrograde which was another cool slow one yes. and then i also had river cross um as that slow closer to the album so i was kind of surprised how good this album was i mean not to say that i, I didn't expect it to be good but it'd been a while right like this is like seven yeah. years later um you know covid is going on so i wouldn't say pearl jam fell off my radar but I wasn't expecting an album to be released. So once it was, I was just, wow. Like how good is this album? This is like one of their best albums. And it's like, yeah, you know, so many years after they first started. So yeah, amazing how they keep, yeah, they, yeah. Quality just keeps getting better almost, man. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I want to add that they weren't a flash in the pan, right? They weren't like, yeah, um, yeah, you know they weren't appealing to a 
commercial sound. They were just kind of like writing music on there. And you can see a, a growth. You can definitely see a growth in them as musicians and as well as uh, their personal own growth. Definitely. I think that's one of the things that um, I love about Pearl Jam is that that thing, right? Like um, they're kind of growing up, but also the introspection, uh, philosophical thought, all those things which I'm kind of interested in as well. I kind of relate to a lot of those lyrics and yeah. uh, themes quite a lot. Um, and, and also just aside from that, just how good they are musically, because mm-hmm. I did get a chance in 2009 to see them, which is, uh, I guess it was probably the backspacer era. Right. Um, and they played so many songs. Like I've never, like they went all out. Like Vedder was like really trying hard and you kind of have to respect that, you know, they're giving the fans back, um, what they want. You know, they played all their hits. They played all these other songs. They played new songs at that time. And they just kept going and going. There was very little breaks, you know, just breaks for water and stuff. They were on time. They finished on time. And I was like, this band is amazing, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. seeing seeing them live is just um, something I would recommend for everybody to do. Yeah, um, to the point, my brother who did who used to diss them came to the concert because one of my friends didn't uh, fell out, you know, couldn't come. Right. Yeah, all right, I'll go. Whatever, you know what I mean. It'll be a night, out. and uh, became a fan just after the concert. So nice. <laughs> He's not an easy guy to convert, as you know. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that it kind it just, of yeah yeah. Yeah. It worked out really well for the Rasul brothers because um, he took you to an Iron Maiden concert and made you a believer, and you took him to a Pearl uh, Jam concert and made you a believer, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. That's why. Yeah, happened. was he able to do that with Bon Jovi with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I you know what? Uh, and and all things aside, I know a few fans uh, of Bon Jovi, and everybody said the same thing, like. The guy puts on fantastic concerts. Um, oh yeah, Bon Jovi have a lot of good songs. Oh, just back to Iron Maiden, I was always already kind of like a fan, but obviously the, okay. that was our fir- okay. first live concert I had mm-hmm. attended for a rock band, so that was amazing. Right. But back to Bon Jovi, I think Bon Jovi a lot have a fair decent amount of good songs. Um, yes, it's just that it's just not my genre of music that I enjoy. Yeah. That's all. Mm-hmm. But I would I would never say Bon Jovi is crap or they don't know how to play well, or sing yeah. or what. No, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't either, man. I think they're he's such a hardworking guy, and you yeah. can't take that away from him. Like just the ability to just work hard and yeah. produce album after. Like he's still making albums; they're still going oh, yeah. on tour. Oh yeah, and oh, they yeah. say sell out tours. Yeah, uh, uh, just because we don't listen to this doesn't and it's out of our radar but then when you look at the news and you look at the statistics and you look at the money that comes in from this you're like oh my god bon jovi's been killing it yeah but i mean bon jovi's a huge band you know yeah so uh so uh i guess this is closing right now right yeah i think i think we're pretty much done yeah so uh, yeah. pearl jam yeah um i hope they make more albums i'm sure they will um, yeah I, I have a feeling this band is going to go on for another good 10 15 20 years i just have that feeling yeah you know i think so, so too 
I um, so in closing, I do have a question for you. So this was like a funny thing that we noticed that um, a few weeks back you did release your uh, top ten albums or not top ten, but the music that you were listening to the most, and you may actually made a old mixtape as well. And I'm pretty sure you know where this is going. Um, so the question <laughs> is regarding Spin Doctors. Now, yeah. um, let's uh, okay. Now, I wanted to ask you because we have to compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. And uh, Spin Doctors is probably in the same vein as say bands like Third Eye Blind, Matchbox Twenty, and um, um, I would say something like. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't think they're as good as. Um, um, oh man, it's not, it's a, the band name is on the tip of my tongue. Counting Crows, because I think lyrically, Counting Crows is like they're on a they're on a level on their own. So, yeah. coming back, what was missing? In that in in Spin Doctor's album that didn't catapult him to these other bands that I had mentioned. Um, so first, the album was a little more funky. Like uh, you don't get that from their you know song Two Princes, but it, it actually was. <laughs> um, I don't know really because uh, the only thing I remember was that song, and uh, there was a song called Little Miss. Can't be wrong. Um, which I think was about his stepmother or something, <laughs> which is right. a really funky, funky song that I uh, that I used to listen to. So I don't actually remember the rest of the album, but it was just I don't know. I guess it just wasn't good enough, really. Right. It was just one of those bands that had, you know, they say one hit wonder or whatever. Oh, okay, um, okay. It's not that they're um, missing anything. It's just that they just got lucky with one or two songs. Um, that's, right. And they're no, they're nowhere near like Counting Crows um, or even no. those other bands, you know, because at least they had a career, you know. Yeah. But uh, I really do enjoy that song, though, Two Princes. <laughs> right, right. Which, which most people like. If you hear it, you'll you'll know who it is. You might even not know who the Spin Doctors are, but mm -hmm. everyone recognizes the song if you are around our age or you know, yeah, of the era. So, yeah, unfortunately, I just don't remember the album which uh, i guess kind of sums it up <laughs> yeah if and yeah, again, and it's a, it's, since then yeah, yeah it's a very old album um it's yeah, a, you yeah. know yeah i i always like listening to people's perspectives on these kind of things i know Not both totally. you and i yeah i know both you and i enjoy counting crows i think um you know out of all these bands that you know that had a mass commercial appeal and at the same time they're pretty strong lyrically yeah, yeah, I think it's Counting Crows especially. Um, yeah. The guy, um, yeah, I, I just liked his voice as well and everything. Uh, Adam uh, Horowitz? Uh, is, was, oh, that's that, right. Was that yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. That's that's right. Um, damn, he was in a movie I saw recently. I can't remember now. As a oh, really? I, yeah, or a TV. No, no, it was a documentary. I can't remember where I saw him, but I saw him recently. But anyway, um, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty good singer. I really used to love Mr. Jones. Um, yeah, to the point that that was one of my nicknames in college because I used to listen to it so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, wait, hey, Mr. Jones, how's it going, mate? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> wait, but I just want to add, wasn't that song about heroin? No, you know what? Everyone oh, was okay. like, "Oh, 
it's a song about alter ego, a song about that. I saw an interview. He was just hanging out with his friend whose last name was Jones in a bar. Oh, and okay. Everyone was like, because, you know, the most of the lyrics are philosophical and deep. Yes. But, you know, but it was still, it was still great lyrically. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. There's a, I, was it Memories or Ghosts or something like that? It, something is, he, he wrote a, I forget which yeah. album it was, but I, I really did enjoy, like, it was very catchy music. He had pretty deep introspective lyrics and yeah. I think, you know, overall, I, my personal opinion is, why are they not bigger? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, Yeah, I don't know. I think they did pretty well, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't know, really. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting because it's it's one of those things where I think, and I'm not saying bigger, like, you know, like they need you don't need to have critical acclaim. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in terms of like, why are they not in our like public conscience as say bands like, you know, as I mentioned before, Bon Jovi or um, mm. uh, um, Kiss or um, any of these like 70s bands that are still continuing on or, or even the Eagles and and what i mean by that is like like a bigger audience like you know they do like sell out tours and they're just part of a public conscious like there was a time where every movie that you watched in the 90s had uh you know a song from um uh from counting crows oh yeah oh yeah yeah um i'm just looking at their kind of stats so first mm-hmm. album seven, seven times platinum in the u.s and canada so yes well. um second album again double platinum in u.s and canada and third just single platinum and then it kind of just kind of dies out and goes less less sales but post 2002 so i don't know really um yeah i don't really have a good answer maybe the lyrics are too deep for commercial consumption or yeah you know Maybe what? I think you hit it right there. I think yeah. Get it? I think you, you know? yeah. I think you hit the nail. I think you hit it right on the nail right there because yeah. I think um, you know you can. I think it started initially, and I remember reading. I I I think I listened to the Joe Rogan interview with the lead singer, and this is and again this is such a terrible terrible tragedy of how music is consumed and the things that are happening, is that the band became like almost like there was a group of people that almost hated them because of how commercial quote unquote they were. Yeah. Um, because you know, they weren't what we had just done a podcast about like Pearl jam or Nirvana. So they couldn't come in that crowd. They couldn't come in that crowd because they didn't have the authenticity quote unquote. Yeah. And or then, maybe the cool, cool factor or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's it. And then, on the other hand, in the commercial crowd, they f- you, and this is where it's, it's problematic. If you have a fan base that's a commercial audience, they kind of do like a, you know, you're just the flavor of the month. Tomorrow you will be replaced by somebody else or something new. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing was, this guy wasn't really a commercial guy. No, I think it's probably unintended, the sales. You yeah, know, the unintended. First, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So and it's it like, was oh, really what? unintended. He made this beautiful, catchy song about meeting a friend, and yeah. then one of my favorites was like uh, a long December. That was fantastic oh, yeah. song, fantastic song. song. Yeah, right. Um, Adam, and Adam Duritz, just to Adam uh, Duritz, yeah. Duritz. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah correction, yeah. right there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's what happened over there. Is that the the the, the band was actually they were kind of like a you know like a Pearl Jam kind of band, like, you know, like, hey, we're just going to make introspective lyrics and all this kind of stuff, deeper lyrics, darker lyrics, but the music's going to be a little more poppy, more appealing to the masses. And then that was where the disconnect happened, right? Like, it's, yeah, you know, and it's just perception. It's just like people's perception of like, oh, this band, quote unquote, lacks authenticity. That's, which is kind of like stupid because, yeah everybody's everybody's authentic in what they want to do what they want to do right exactly um, exactly this is who you are and this is what you're gonna do um yeah. i think uh, as you had mentioned before that you know this was the kind of messed up thing but uh, and i would like to throw this out that maybe in the future emma and i will probably discuss this band oh, yeah i was just thinking about that I'm, I'm, i might go listen to more of their albums um I also just wanted to mention one thing which I forgot to was Eddie mm-hmm. Vedder's so, um, solo career, especially yes. the Into the Wild soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, which I really loved, uh, especially the song Society. Yes. Might have been a cover, but I don't care. It was still uh, still brilliant. It's just him with the... Uh, I forgot the name of the instrument now. Ukulele? <laughs> yes, it ukulele. So he's got... Um, yeah. He's a bit. He's a fond of that instrument in particular. But uh, did you get to listen to this? Um, yes, I did. Yeah, cool. I watched the movie and the. Uh, I got the yeah. album as well. So Me both too. were Me great. Too. Like um, that's a uh, good actor, Amelie Hirsch, and he was also in. Uh, yeah. Um, Speed Racer. Oh, I haven't seen that, but I did enjoy him in this. Um, yeah. Movie. Into the Wild, true story. Um, yep. Great Again, movie. it's an actor that I think should be much bigger than he really is. So, this oh is yeah, all about, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all about underrated. We, we should do a podcast, yeah. you know. Yeah. Adam Duritz <laughs> and Emil Arsh. Why aren't they? As yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why aren't they as big as we think they should be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, man. That's uh, that's all I had for Pearl Jam. Um, yeah, same here. Cool. So we will catch you in the next one. I'm Rocket. He's a K9. Peace out.